everybody. Welcome back to the Urban Siren Podcast. This is Diane. I'm your host. And this is the third lesson of my online course, Learning the Tarot Fives in 2021. You can listen to the two previous classes that we hosted on Zoom in the month of January 2021. And this was recorded January 20th, 2021. So this is lesson number three. If you've been following along with this series, you know that we are teaching the Tarot Fives on an online platform, and you can find that in the show notes, which I will link here, or you can log directly on at urbansirenschool.thinkific.com. And it's open to all levels, and if you're interested, you can sign up for the final class on January 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Zoom. And if you if you do sign up online, you'll get all the information right through that link and through the show notes here as well. It's open to all levels. So if you are an expert tarot card reader or a very, very beginner, never having looked at a deck before, this class is perfect for you. It's for everybody. It's a way to warm up to the tarot from square one or to practice your skills some more and also just to join a really great online community. Um, in addition to that, it's free, which I really am happy to offer this as a way to give back and share the skills that I've learned so far on my tarot journey. And so we have one more class. The content will be evergreen. You can always log onto it and check it out if you sign up for the course. And in this course, we're building a toolbox of supportive wisdom around what these cards can teach us and how they can guide us. We're going to de-demonize the difficulty of working with the fives and learn how to lean on these cards as supportive allies rather than feel intimidated by them. We're going to get to know the four minor arcana fives as well as the hierophant in the major arcana. And by the final week, we're going to be working the cards together, doing tarot card pulls for each other. And we're creating a five-flavored empowered community of like-minded friends, old and new, as we journey together through trust, kindness, and intuitive sensibilities. So please enjoy lesson number three. And if you can, uh, tune in for the live Zoom class on January 27th. Again, all this will be linked in the show notes. Without further ado, lesson three, replay. Oh, all of these videos are on YouTube as well. Also linked in my show notes. Okay, everybody, enjoy. Another way to um, stay in touch with me, by the way, is through my Instagram at Urban Siren Creative. There I have a link tree in my bio link, and it has access to everything, including my newsletter also in my show notes. So enjoy the class. <laughs> All right, welcome to class number three on the Tarot Fives, everybody. Thanks so much for being here. Um, so in the first two classes, we covered the four cards in the minor arcana. We covered the five of cups and I'll just hold them up so that we can get a refresher. Okay. And anybody want to talk about uh, what element the cups represent? Um, water, right? Yes. All right. And then we looked at the five of pentacles. Remember that one? Anyone want to talk about that element? Um, Earth. Yes, Angie is two for two. And we've got the swords. And just say it if you know it, the element. Fire. 
Um, there. Yeah. there you go. All right. And we've got, last but not least, five of wands. Like strife, right? Okay. Yes. And the element here is? Fire. That's right. Okay. So we've got the four elements, right? And that's what the suits cover. So real quick, and it was funny because I was looking at the old recording and I was holding up five of swords i believe last time and i started to teach about it and i just kept calling it the i think i just kept calling it the wands the wands the wands were on my brain um if you've got an idea of what each of the suits represents it helps us just identify with it in terms of what energies it's bringing into focus right so if you've got the swords and it's not imperative but as you play and work with the tarot you might find that it really is a nice companion to be able to know what the elements are that associate with the suit because this is air and it's associated with communication and thoughts and mental constructs, right? And you've got the cups which are associated with water and emotion, feelings, um, internal processes. We've got the pentacles, which is associated with earth, so being of the earth, but it also you know, symbolizes your body right? It also symbolizes your flesh and bone, not just what happens on planet earth, but you as well being of planet earth, right? And then we've got the wands, which is fire. And fire is really like creativity and passion and drive and um, what it's like what jo Joseph Campbell would, would describe as, you know, following your bliss, but the whole quote of that, not just follow your bliss because it feels good, follow your bliss because you feel like you don't even have a choice. It's like you have this compulsion to follow your nature, right? Through the good and the bad, right? It's not only about doing the fun stuff associated with following your bliss. It's about walking through it, maybe sometimes walking through the fire. And walking through the fire is the hero's journey, all right, we talked a little bit about that. I'm a huge Joseph Campbell fan. Um, if you ever watch his interview with Bill Moyers, it, it's just epic, but he really wasn't celebrated during his lifetime, Joseph Campbell, so much. It was more after um, he passed that people really realized, wow, this guy was pretty prolific and brilliant. But the hero's journey is present in in so many of the stories that we're familiar with, like Star Wars, <laughs> okay, that is the hero's journey. It's about things going, you know, someone has a calling to, you know, to feel compelled to do something. And it's not necessarily like, oh, God, this feels like a great plan. It's like, oh, no, I've got to do this. Because, and like, kind of like Frodo Baggins, you know, where it's like, Gandalf was like, dude, you've got to do like literally no one else can do this and he's like me like you've got to be kidding no you uh. and and all of the sacrifice that comes through following what it is that you feel so passionate about right so the hero's journey is actually starting with the zero card in the tarot which is the fool which we're really not going to study in this particular course but um just so you know and i think i covered in the first class is that the fool is the whole reason why we have the tarot the, the fool is our is us the fool is like represents our um desire to to take that first step and that's the whole progression of the 78 cards in the tarot right we also talked about the tarot being a progression but also being a spiral so you start with the aces you go to the 10 to 10 and then you get to the court cards and then you have the minor arcana at the very base, the very bones of that. But it's still one minute you're here, the next minute you're there. It's just the spiral. But it, but the story really is a progression, 
and to start and to kind of get to know the story of the tarot is really important, not necessarily to keep it there. In other words, it doesn't stay linear, but it's really cool to realize what is going on with the aces, what's going on with the twos, what's going on with the threes. So we're studying the fives this, this time around because it's a five year. And the way we deduce this, or I deduce this, and this may not be true for you, but and it's not like written in stone, but I'm calling it a five year. And I've heard other folks say two plus two plus one is five, right? 2021 is a five year. Okay, cool. So if we figure we want to look at the fives in that respect, it's a great time to study why the fives are so significant in the tarot. And I'm laughing because it's like my first tarot course that I'm teaching. And it's like the most despised and feared number in the deck. It's like anytime someone pulls a five, it's like, oh God. Um, because not necessarily, but mostly people are like, oh no, not the five of swords or, oh no, not the five, because it is so challenging and it marks the midway point of the hero's journey. So you're moving away from that innocence, be innocent beginning. You're getting to the real, not so great stuff of it, the conflict, the chaos, the loss, the grief, and, but then you're moving toward 10. And by the way, 10 is not necessarily the end all be all either. Even in the tens, it's complex. It's not pure joy, pure success, pure, you know, um, activation of, you know, the wand suit. No, it's, it's, it's very interesting. So, but the fives is sort of the first time we really get to a place where it's like, oh no. And like, you kind of get that sinking feeling like, oh no. And, and if you, if you really look at the images, they're meant to show you that they're meant to say, this is time for like a big, you know, circling the wagons. It's a contractive energy. So we talked a little bit in the previous classes too, about the, the tarot being of ebb and flow nature. So when the five show up, you're moving toward, con you're in a contractive space. You're in a close space versus expanding out like the fours and the sixes. Um, so you can kind of think of the tarot as like that dance, you know, and that kind of integration of getting big and coming back in again and getting big and coming back in again, just like we do, you know, just like it's really about our story. It's about the human condition, which is why I love it so much, because it really does talk. It really does for me, speak to the human condition. Um, so we're going to move on from the minors tonight to the, the Hierophant, which is the five in the deck. Before I do, does anyone have any questions or comments or anything that maybe came up in the last week since we last met about thinking about the fives, working with the fives? Um, I feel like this class is definitely giving me more clarity about how the fives, I guess, can be integrated into how we interpret them and like how you were talking about the midway point. I didn't mm -hmm. like think of it that way. So it's interesting yeah. to think like, yeah, the fives are definitely like the first time you're kind of like, oh, what does this mean? Yeah, it's it's a little, it's a heavy, heavy kind of energy. But so are the threes and like, for instance, three of swords is a little rough, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's, but again, if you're looking at the progression, you know, you've got that contractive space. Right. So you've got that feeling of like pulling in. So it kind that's kind of how it rolls, you know, and it's you'll see that as we play, you know, with the especially next week, which I really hope we can, if you guys are all into it and up for it, read cards for each other. Um, 
does oh i meant so i julie do you happen you don't have to have a tarot deck but if do you have one do you know you do have one okay and i'll ask cole when he gets back so next week we can pull cards oh hi cole did do you have a tarot deck you don't need one but if you do yeah, I do have a tarot deck. Also, I'm basically just off camera eating quickly. I don't want to like eat. Oh, you can do whatever you want. Oh, I'm sorry to mention. I didn't mention that. I think I did last week. I said, this is smack dab in the middle of dinner time. Please don't feel like you need to curb your um, normal routine. Please feel free to eat. It'll encourage me to take care of be better care of myself <laughs> okay. as well. Please feel free. I don't mind. Okay. Uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't worry. It's beautiful that you have food to eat. Good for you. Um, but you have a deck, yeah? Yes, I do. Perfect. Okay, cool. Okay, so we're going to move on to the Hierophant. Um, so the Hierophant, okay, first of all, before I say anything, does anyone know or have any experience with this card? I had pulled it a couple of days ago, and I was definitely really intrigued by it. I definitely mm -hmm. feel a calling from it in my own life, so. Oh, okay, that's cool. It seems relevant, yeah. Okay, good, good. So, so you were happy he showed up. <laughs> yeah, it was, a awesome. little, it was a little relieving compared to some of the other ones, you know? <laughs> right, because you <laughs> like all fives the last time, right? You're like, oh, fine, this dude, he seems to <laughs> control. Uh, cool, well, that's good that it gave you a sense of, of comfort. Um, anybody else have any experience with this, this card or thoughts on it before I start talking about it? <laughs> I've heard people say it's kind of like a spiritual card. Like, mm -hmm. it's kind of like getting spiritual knowledge or something. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Anybody else? Any thoughts? Or even if you don't have experience with it, if you just take a look at it, what do you see or what does it, how does it feel for you when you first see it? There's no right or wrong because this is all about your intuition. That's exactly why we're doing this is because it really, we want to say what we see. And it's whatever you see is what is perfect, you know? So when I look at the card, the first thing I notice personally is the color of the robe. <laughs> it's just so intense, that red. Um, the other thing I notice is sort of the how this figure is sitting you know um and if you're familiar at all with the tarot or even if you're not the fact that there is there are pillars flanking this this character as well as two people and two so, keys and two keys mm -hmm. so what 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 do we think about that? I mean, what do you, what do you think that feels like? Well, I'm just from looking at him, Diane. Mm -hmm. The his what came up for me is yeah. that his robe looks so huge. Yeah, but I don't get that he is that huge. Mm, I love that. So uh huh. I'm like, why is he so? It, it almost mm. I don't know. I, that, I love that's that. the first thing that I. Mm -hmm. And the way his his face with his mouth, like oh, like maybe saying mm -hmm. oh, I don't know what he's saying there, but um, <laughs> I it's just interesting. It's, oh, it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I first of all, I should be paying you guys. I learn so much from what you all say <laughs> every single time. I'm like, uh, 
where can I send my PayPal? <laughs> it's cool. <Why> not? <laughs> Truly. Yeah. I, where are the keys? Is the key, or is he holding two keys? I'm, I'm just wondering if I'm seeing correctly. Because I see he has yeah. things in his hands. Yeah, so let me just turn it to myself um, just to kind of give it, because it's hard to see with the glare. Maybe I'll look it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can certainly look it up. So there's two keys that are placed at the bottom of his of, of his feet sort of thing. Oh, okay. Like crisscross Tessa's, are those the keys you were referring to? Yeah, that, the ones okay. on the bottom, yeah. Okay, got it. So yeah, so the keys are sort of placed kind of at the bottom of his feet on like, you know, sort of like a red, looks like maybe a red carpet. Okay. Yeah, I got, I got him. I got the same card on my phone now. Okay. This is the same thing. So. Yep, that's the one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, oh, there, yes, I see them. So, yeah. So we've got, we've got pillars. We've got two figures that are, you know, kind of listening, paying attention. We've got the keys. We've got his huge red robe, which I love that observation. Actually, Julie, I, I actually never really looked at it like that before. Um, that his garment is, is so much, it's so, it takes so much precedence. Yeah, that's really cool. So the pillars and the, and the symbol of like the, so I look at it also as, um, you know, I'm cheating a little bit because I'm going back on a card that's part of the tarot that we haven't studied together, but it's the high priestess. So it's the number two card in the deck. So you've got um, a, the figure of a, of a priestess um, sitting on a throne, very much like, now this is the Hierophant also known as the high priest, formally as the high priest or the Pope, okay? So the Hierophant is the breakdown of two words, two Greek words, meaning like sacred reveal. So it's like the revealing of the sacred, okay? Sort of like close association to that meaning. And the Pope um, is, you know, a symbol of spirituality, right? Um, it's a symbol of traditionally, I'll go through some of the traditional like descriptions of the card. Um, traditionally, the Hierophant would be like authority, um, uh, customs, tried and true customs, um, ceremony, and, and definitely a religion. Yeah. But I feel like, you know, with such a with such a reclamation of spirituality now um it's important to remember that you know we look at spirituality and religion perhaps as like maybe two different things not necessarily but but that spirituality has more of a connotation of the personal experience right with with this with spirit or with source and religion is is the structure right it's the structure that's put in place for that that contains all of the ceremony right but it doesn't necessarily describe or represent the actual experience with spirit it describes the construct that is used in order to access spirit, right? Does that make sense? So it's like religion is like the structure and spirituality is the experience. Now that's just me 
Um, and I'm just putting that out there. That could mean something else for somebody else, you know, for entirely. But for me, I kind of look at it that way. And I look at it as the, as the Hierophant being an invitation to, to look at the structures and also to, to be of, um, to be of service to spirit, right? To be of use and to be of purpose and to, and because, you know, the, the purpose of being of the cloth, right? A man or a woman of the cloth, right? A priest or um, a monk or somebody who is indoctrinated into their faith um, is to be able to hold space for those who are householders, right? So it's it's an opportunity to hold space for people who are out there making a living and and in earning um, for their families and taking care of everything in a familial way, right? But those who dedicate the, themselves to their to their religion or their or their spirituality, they don't have the same kinds of responsibilities. So in some ways it's it's an invitation to remember that the purpose of living a spiritual life by wearing the garment as Julie like you pointed out so like beautifully is that you are an ambassador right for people who are out there trying to survive because the structure <laughs> provides safety and food, right? Priests and monks, they don't have to worry about <laughs> anything. They have a place to sleep. I mean, they worry about all kinds of things, but most of the, most of it is worrying about, first of all, their own, their own integrity about being able to up uphold their commitments, right? Their spiritual commitments, in addition to holding space and providing a platform for people to come to them to act and serve as ambassadors on their behalf to God or spirit. Right. So it unfortunately, because power and corruption and all the rest of it sort of douse the, the douse the fun on all of that. It's a great concept, but just like many other institutions, you know, there's corruption and there's unsavory intentions and, and it's, it's disheartening and in some cases criminal. Um, but in its purest form, it's an invitation to be able to either see yourself as that, as that connection to God or spirit that you do not need to go through someone else or to, um, to reinvest your, your faith in structures and customs and tradition that actually upholds itself in its own integrity. And, and does mean well. And it doesn't, it not only means well, it does well, right? So you can look at it in any way you feel, you know, because if you do, if you do feel more comfortable working with say a pastor or a priest to be able to be a, a, um, a confidant or a guide for you for spirit, there's nothing wrong with that. It's only that because of human imperfection, that didn't always work out so well, but in its purest form, it's great because it, it allows the individual to have like um, an expert on hand, right? And someone who will serve as an ambassador for them. So it's not, 
it's not necessarily, um, I feel like a time, I mean, in some ways it's a timeless key in the sense that I think we, not all of us, but I think many of us want to be able to feel connected to source in some way, shape or form. Um, it's just that it has changed a lot over the years, right? And depending on the system, whether it's Christianity or Catholicism or Judaism, um, it's just different. And, and we've had to adjust to it because for many reasons, for the fact that some bad stuff has been exposed <laughs> in some of those institutions. And also that we're coming into it, I think a different way of um, feeling connected you know, to spirit, um, especially with the advent of, and I'll, you know, talk a little bit about how like the British invasion and the Beatles going to India and bringing back the idea of Eastern philosophy to the, to the mass, to the masses changed a lot for, for, for Western culture and Americans because we, they were in, they were then indoctrinated into a different way of being and, uh, connecting with spirit. And I really think that had a huge impact on this country <laughs> in particular, because um, we worship the Beatles, right? So when, when, the when the ones that you worship, go find another place to go worship, you're just like, well, I'm going to worship that place where the people I worship worship, right? <laughs> because it's all about like celebrity, right? And what we put our faith into. And I think that's kind of a cool thing to think about how the, how the Beatles going to India really changed <laughs> so much for Americans and all, everybody, because we were finally exposed in like mass culture to another way of connecting to spirit. And the way folks connect to spirit in other countries is very, very different than the way Western society does. It's always been through that, that construct, whereas it doesn't really work that way in the East. You know, um, Buddhists are not considered, they don't consider it a religion, it's a philosophy. And, you know, Buddha um, is, you know, famously, you know, don't, don't take my word for it, is what Buddha had to say. He's like, you, you, you decide, don't take my word for it. Very different. And so that idea of like self-acceptance and even reincarnation and doing this all again, and maybe doing it better and maybe living for something more than ourselves changed a lot of the way I think we relate to spirituality as a culture. So when the tarot was designed in the 14th, in the 1430s, I think, um, no, nobody was really talking about that. It was, you know, came from Europe and it was a, play, a deck of playing cards and it was just for fun. And then it became this symbol of like divination and it was reclaimed for a whole different purpose for divination. So that's kind of a cool thing to think about too with the Hierophant is that the whole purpose of the Tarot was just for fun. The Tarak was just for fun. And, um, and now it's, and I hope it still is just for fun. And that's another thing I want to, you know, talk about that this is just for fun. This is entertainment. You know, this is being able to look at signs and symbols, but, you know, there's no reason to be afraid of it. And that's kind of what I think I really wanted to get across with this course about the fives is there's let's look at the scariest cards in the deck because there's nothing to be afraid of. There's really nothing to be afraid of. What it triggers though, I think inside of us is some truth like five of pentacles, scarcity 
and um, and Five of Swords, um, you know, hubris and, you know, Five of Wands, maybe like some, you know, unbridled chaos. And so, you know, it goes on and on and Five of Cups disappointment. So I think what, what frightens us is more of our, our own feelings than what the tarot is actually showing us. Does that make sense? Does anybody have any thoughts on any of that or want to add to it? Yeah. I feel like, um, I, oh, I'm sorry, were you going to go, Angie? Oh, no, you can go ahead. Okay. Um, I just feel like, to me, like, it, when I was reading about it, it drew to me because I felt like, like I am having this spiritual calling, except so many of the structures are so messed up right yeah. now. It's like so much of like what religion and that all has become is like so toxic to me in some ways. Mm. And like, I like to take all of the good things from all of them. And like, I feel like so many people who do have faith, like, can end up rejecting their very values that they claim to mm. have sometimes. And mm -hmm. like, yes, yes. So there is like, I, that I see that throughout the world right now in our country. And like, yes, yes. just the division that it brings up. And it's like, I feel like it is a calling to do the duties of that and to like remember that, like what it really is about, what it started as. Right. And that's the spiritual calling. And I don't know. Yeah. So I just like kind yeah. of associated it in that way. And it was a little bit comforting, I feel like, because I think we do need to like restructure some things in a different way that's not so limiting and that is more free with people you know I think that's beautiful I was listening to a podcast uh recently about how you know uh that very that very thing about how sometimes religious concepts don't really line up with humanitarianism yeah. they should but in practice they don't and when you have religion that has been militarized yeah. right um then you've got an issue because now you're killing people and like, you know, rule number one is please don't do that. So it's <laughs> right. It's about like how humans can and often do um, overtake through their own desires, a structure and really um, they, it really becomes disembodied from itself. Yeah. So I think that's beautiful that the, the Hierophant really became a key for you to kind of, to, um, to kind of symbolize uh hey guys like what are we doing here you know like there is an order there is a structure and um and in its best form it works really well and then in its in its worst form it's apps it's bloodshed right mm -hmm. yeah thank you for sharing that that's really powerful anybody else want to speak on on the good old hierophant <laughs> well um since the two people are kind of below him i was thinking maybe mm -hmm. this card could be like how you said it can make us aware like maybe how we have to be humble mm. when it comes to I don't know like seeking knowledge and whether it's like the right knowledge or the like mm -hmm. something like that like like you have to be like the two people are just kind of like humble and ready to accept mm. whatever that this person is going to share with them or yeah there's a reverence Mm -hmm, like a reverence of sorts. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I mean, in its purest form, again, you know, revealing the sacred. So we want, so I loved what Julie said too in the beginning about how his garment is so much bigger than him. And I think that's really poignant because um, on the one hand, it really is just a garment, you know, and underneath you have a human being. Yeah. So when we're wearing our spiritual robes, right, it's like, how do we show up? How do we show up when we're wearing our spiritual robes? Do we, do we abuse the power, right? Or do we embrace the fact that we're part of a community as this card is really showing? You know, it's being part of community and it's upholding the responsibilities of tradition. And that's something that um, I feel is at the one, at, at the, you know, especially now, on the one hand, it's really, you know, history will tell us pretty much exactly where it is that we're going, you know? So we want to reevaluate and look at constructs and, and, and foundations. And we want to make sure that we do our best to see them as clearly as possible so that we just don't blindly fall, you know, follow along. But we also, um, we need to know, we need to know our history. And I mean the real history, which I certainly wasn't taught in school. <laughs> There's been a lot of sugarcoating, you know, about where we've come from. Um, but the Hierophant really speaks to, you know, the origins of our spirituality and the origins of our traditions. And right now, I can't think of a better time um, to, to really get to get real. Uh, and it's not even like we have a choice because everything around us is starting to point in that direction, right? It's like, it, there's really nowhere to hide anymore, um, which is, I think, on the one hand, causing extreme discomfort for some people. And on the other hand, it's like, oh, okay, great. Now we can really talk about this because we all know about the elephant in the room. So let's just, let's just get through this. Um, but the, when the Hierophant comes up in a reading, you can it obviously interpret it in any way, shape, or form you feel called to. But it can offer some sense of like a calling back to, a, when I say tradition or a proper way of doing things, I mean a way of doing things that's in alignment with integrity. And that's really what the spirituality piece has to do with this card it's it's not about doing things for the sake of tradition it's about marrying what's going on on planet earth right and in your body and as a person with what your spiritual aspirations are so like perfect to what tessa was saying about you know she was like it's dis it's disheartening right and, and it kind of gave her like and it, it was almost like taking back right taking back our power how do we take back our power from like a spiritual perspective and and it can mean you know going up against certain structures or things that really have they're built on sand anyway so but you know every card has its medicine and you know while the hierophant is there for a reason it's there to bring us back to structure and tradition you've also got things like which we haven't talked about in this class but you've also got cards like the tower which is about completely dissolving the structure 
just burning it to the ground. So, so the tarot, you know, it's like it offers different keys in each of its cards and they each tell a very different story, even though it all, the flavor of what the deck has to say or the spread has to say is going to be so dependent on you as the reader because it's coming from you. Right. And so as you interpret the cards, that's how that's how the cards will speak to you. And so but you've got these anchors. Right. And so that's the tradition of the Hierophant is bringing it back to foundation, bringing it back to structure, bringing it back to tradition. Um, and in some cases, as we talked about, those structures really need to be reevaluated. Sometimes that could be when the Hierophant is reversed, you know, when this becomes a reverse card. Um, so I just wanted to also say, so we have, so this, this time frame I only have for 40 minutes. So before we close out tonight, I just want to invite you guys back for next Wednesday, 7 PM. I'll send out the link. Is that okay for you guys? Yeah. Okay. That's fantastic. Awesome. All right. So keep this in mind as you go through your week and we'll connect again next uh, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Sound good? Sounds great. Thank you. All right, you guys. Mwah. Love you all. You guys are awesome. You're great. Bye. Bye, Thank guys. you so much for being here. Okay. Bye-bye, guys. <laughs>Thank you so much for being a part of the Urban Siren Podcast community. Just a reminder that I do answer questions for the Tarot. Um, you can leave me a voicemail message right here on Anchor FM for a chance for your question to be played on an upcoming episode. And you would just go to anchor.fm backslash urban dash siren backslash message. Leave me a message and I'll be happy to address it on an upcoming episode and maybe even play your voice on an upcoming episode. Another way to support this podcast is by sharing it up with your friends and family and also leaving a five-star review if you love it on your favorite podcast platform. That could be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the platforms. Thank you so much for being here.